Hello, and welcome back to Music Talks, discussions on music education, the podcast written by future music educators for future music educators. If this is your first time here, welcome. If not, you may have noticed that I am not David Ramos. I'm Adeline Burwell, current advocacy chair for the Florida National Association for Music Education Collegiate Advocacy Committee, which this podcast is an extension of. Joining me on today's episode are committee members Mike Gunter, Sawyer Perry, and Gina Rand. Each episode, we discuss various perspectives in music and highlight how we as collegiates can approach them in our future classrooms and as citizens of Florida, the U.S., and the world. Today's topic is the election. From the day this podcast is published, the 2020 election is less than a week away, and we wanted to put this episode out there to encourage you to keep music education on your mind when you vote. Local, state, and national policies are all on the line, so this episode was designed to discuss issues that could be affected by who you vote for. Remember that your vote is important, and participating in any election is a great and easy way to promote advocacy. This is just a part of what we can do to ensure that every individual is guaranteed the opportunity to learn music and to share in musical experiences. Our first guest speaker is Mike Gunter. Florida NAFME Collegiate Advocacy Committee member, and he is here to discuss the importance of voting. Take it away, Mike. Thanks, Adeline. I'm sure all of us have seen countless advertisements recently encouraging us to vote. But how important can just one vote be in a sea of voters? Let's take a look into how the history of voting in America has influenced how important your vote is today. At the very beginning of our republic, There were strict regulations on the type of person that was allowed to vote. And to cast your ballot, you had to be a white, male, land-owning citizen. Through the tireless efforts of civil rights activists over the course of two centuries, legislation such as the 14th, 15th, and 19th Amendments, the Indian Citizenship Act, and the Federal Civil Rights Act of 1964, the right for every citizen to be heard on Election Day has been guaranteed. But as I'm sure you know, what happens on paper and what's put into practice are not always one and the same. There was also a long history of voter conditioning in America, meaning that both federal and state elections were likely to have additional requirements to cast your vote, even if you met every constitutional requisite. Some of these practices included English literacy tests at polling sites, poll taxes, and even blatant voter intimidation in the form of organized poll watchers in southern states. All of these tactics were put into place under the guise of curbing voter fraud, but more often than not, they just scared away eligible voters. It was clear that this blatant voter suppression should not and could not continue within our country. So the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was signed into law by President Lyndon B. Johnson. This bill has been amended multiple times since and has provided extensive anti-discriminatory language in regards to voting and has no doubt gone a long way in curbing voter conditioning. Because the lengths to which people have gone to suppress voters is staggering, but it's not shocking when you consider just how powerful your vote can be. Because voting is power, and we've seen the power that young voters have when we show up to the polls. Young voters have been at the forefront of social change throughout history, and we've influenced policy with large-scale social movements, such as the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s, the ratification of the 26th Amendment in response to the Vietnam War, and even recently with the Black Lives Matter movement. But as a voting base, we have some of the lowest turnouts come election time, 
with voter participation often being below 50% in most elections. So don't let the power of your vote lay idle. Imagine the change that could take place if every music educator in the nation came together on November 3rd and let our elected officials know where we stand. And with the current system in place for presidential elections, your vote as a Floridian is extra important. Florida is the largest of only 10 swing states, meaning that we have equal representation from both major political parties, which gives your vote a much higher likelihood of directly influencing the results of this presidential election. But make no mistake, the topics that you're passionate about as a music educator are on the ballot every single year. So don't forget to stay informed and let your voice be heard every chance you get. Mike said it best, but I will reiterate that your vote is important, so make it count. If you want to hear more about what he and the rest of the advocacy committee members have to say about the importance of voting and many other topics that are current issues in music education, check out the State of the Arts Report. It's now available on the Florida NAFME Collegiate website, which is flnafmecollegiate.com. Now that we are all aware of just how important a single vote is, let's look at the place where your vote has the biggest possible impact, local elections. Sawyer Perry is here to discuss local level advocacy, from participation in your community, to school board elections, to everything in between. Thank you, Adeline. After that wonderful primer about just how important it is to vote, I want to encourage you not to just think nationally or statewide, but to think about elections in your more immediate community as well. Specifically, I want to talk about the effects of the school board elections on music education. Your school board has a staggered election cycle of roughly five to nine board members, depending on the size of the district. What is really great about these elections is that it is very easy to get involved and interact with the folks who are running. In 2018, it was very easy to go to town hall meetings and meet the candidates. You can ask them specific questions like, what do you think is the main objective of arts programs in your school district? You can really get to know a candidate and whether or not you agree or disagree on their educational philosophies. At the same time, you're doing a service to the community, making candidates publicly answer questions that come from the music education perspective. In 2020, while it's less likely that you'll meet candidates in person, you can still get involved by reaching out to candidates by email or phone, or maybe there are virtual town hall events happening on Facebook or Zoom. But why is it so important to put this much energy into these candidates? These are the people that will be making policy on the local level that will be entering your classrooms. The school board is in charge of approving a budget for all of the schools in your district. One category on that budget will be arts funding. So it may be a good idea to pay attention to what candidates are going to have a favorable outlook on arts education. That way, you have an advocate on the inside of these budget-making decisions. And it's unlikely that you as a music educator are going to be asked to give your insight on what the budget is going to look like. That's why your vote matters. That's why asking candidates about their position on arts is so valuable. Because that is the way to get your input on the school board. By voting. And beyond the budget, the board may determine regulations that will impact how you teach including how or what kind of aid you're going to receive for students with individualized learning plans or ILPs, what security precautions you'll have to enact in your classroom, or whether or not there's going to be an after-school bus available for your students after your 
choir or marching band rehearsals. A school board that is stacked with members who care about and understand the struggles of our programs can go a long way in making our lives just a little bit easier. Caring about these down-ballot elections can aid in NAFME's mission to advance music education by promoting the understanding and making of music by all. Moving higher on the ballot, let's look at state elections. While this is not a year that we are voting for a governor, representatives and senators for your state districts will be running for seats in the Florida legislature, which is the body that signs bills into laws for our state. Next up is Gina Rand, another fantastic member of our advocacy committee. She's here to talk through the importance of the state legislature and what is up for stake statewide in this election. Take it away. Thanks, Adeline. First off, I want to break down the Florida legislature a bit, just so we all know the basics. Like the federal legislative branch, the Florida legislature has a House of Representatives and a Senate. The House has 120 members and the Senate has 40. House terms are two years, so every representative will be up for election, and the Senate terms are four years, so half of the senators will be up for election. The primary purpose of the legislature is to enact new laws and amend or repeal existing laws. So enacting bills that support music education, teacher salaries, or just aim to promote education is the reason they are so important to us. One piece of legislation currently being promoted by FMEA is the Florida Seal of Fine Arts Bill, House Bill 1123 and Senate Bill 1100. This bill would add a seal to the diplomas of graduating high school seniors that devoted themselves to a discipline in the arts. Speaking as a collegiate student that spent all four years of high school and many extracurricular hours in band, this would have meant a lot to me personally if this designation was on my diploma, and I'm sure current students would feel similarly. In February, I had the opportunity to travel to Tallahassee along with Adeline, Mike, Sawyer, and many other collegiates from around the state to discuss this bill with my own senator and representative. As of March 14th, 2020, the bill has been indefinitely postponed and withdrawn from consideration from both the House and Senate, but this is not the end for the seal. This bill can be introduced again and so has a chance to be law in future years. It is up to us as collegiates to keep advocating for its importance and voting for legislators that support a bill like this as well. Another component of state issues that is affected by state legislation is education funding in general. While Florida has top marks in funding equity in the nation, meaning it's apportions funding based on needs, it is the 45th in spending out of all states. While spending more money on students doesn't necessarily translate to having students who have a better education, funding opens opportunities for students to have instructional support, more access to the arts, and more staff at school. While more districts currently have a hiring freeze due to COVID-19, there were 2,400 more teaching vacancies in January 2020 than in January 2019. Funding education would mean that teacher salaries could go up, and teachers would also have more abundant resources to teach their students with. As music teachers, some of our classes require expensive instruments, costly sheet music, or technology that is in part supported by state funding policies. 
So to summarize, get familiar with who your representative and senator are, and let them know that you care about the arts, particularly music, and education, particularly music education. As a teacher, invite them to your program's events and concerts and let them see how the policies they enact are directly benefiting you. Though we are currently pre-service music teachers, we will have a duty to serve the students that we will eventually teach, and voting in state elections is a great way to advocate for them. Finally, let's discuss national issues. On the legislative side, there are no Senate seats up for election in Florida this year but every single seat in the House of Representatives is. In addition, we cannot forget about the race for the head of the executive branch, President of the United States. While federal policies seem much further away and less important than what is happening in our own communities, it's important for us to advocate not just for our students in our country or state, but in the whole of the United States. Let's look at some of the requests from the National Association for Music Education's 2020 fiscal year and the results of that. It is important to note that while Congress ultimately approves the budget, the President will also give Congress their budget request. That can help Congress guide their decisions on how funds will be allocated throughout the country for the following year. All offices that are up for election can impact music education, so let's take a look at these issues. First, let's talk about ESSA, the Every Student Succeeds Act, which says that every student deserves a well-rounded education which includes music. By fully funding Title IV, Part A of ESSA, grants can be given to schools to promote access to music education and to enrich the musical experiences students are already participating in. NAFME's request for 2020 was $1.6 billion, and funding for Title IV was increased from $1.17 billion in 2019 to $1.21 billion in 2020. This moves the funding closer to our desired amount, and we will continue to offer support for full funding next year and beyond. The next piece of the NAFME advocacy platform is fully funding Title I Part A to support music education access for the most disadvantaged students. Title I funds are available for all subjects that make up a well-rounded education. So again, music is included in this. Fully funding this would equate to $16.31 billion in this past year, Congress approved $16.18 billion. Finally, let's talk about Title I, Part A, Part II, and Title IV, Parts A and F. These funds support professional development for music educators, specifically for supporting effective instruction and assistance in arts education. Music educators play an important role in enabling student success. Appropriate funding levels for these programs provide unique federal support for professional development for music educators and enhance the skills they need to provide a high-quality music education to our nation's students, part of Congress's vision for, again, a well-rounded education. These policies are all linked in the appropriations document from NAFME, which is in our podcast description. As we can see, music education advocacy is driven by policies and funding enacted on local, state, and federal levels. As citizens of Florida and the United States, we have a duty to vote and make our voices count. On behalf of Florida NAFME Collegiate, I encourage you all to go vote on November 3rd and remember all of the experiences you had in school that helped you get to where you are today. The fight for all students to have access to music education starts with each one of us. 
and we owe it to our future students to advocate on behalf of them. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Music Talks. And as always, think about the ways you can advocate for music education in as many possible ways. This is Adeline Burwell. Until next time.